Last week I had to take my, my car into the shop. And it was there for a couple of days before the guy at the shop called and he told me that they were going to actually need a few more days with my car. And they got me a, uh, a rental car, said drive this one around, and, and they put me in a car that was about two years newer than, than my car, which, which was nice. It, had, it actually had more bells and whistles on it. It was, you know, one of their one of the top of the line that they had on their on their lot it had these nice heated seats and it had this big flashy stereo system with a with a touch screen and, and I, I started to drive this car around and it was making this beeping sound and and I really couldn't figure out what it was it, it, it took me a while to to understand this advanced technology and, and what had happened apparently it has this lane sensing some sort of a technology that will start beeping when it senses that you're getting outside of the lane. This car beeped a lot. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and it really did start to throw me, throw me off as, once I realized that that's what it was. And now I'm kind of wondering about my driving and trying to look for a way to turn this off. And, and you know, I had heard of this type of technology before, but I had I'd never driven around a car that had it at all. Um, there was, even if it got, what the car felt was too close to another car, it would start beeping, which it started to beep a lot. Again, it just, it just made all kinds of, of sounds. But I'll, I'll tell you, once I got used to this technology, because I had the car for three or four days, I was kind of amazed. Like, this is really cool. I'd never driven around a vehicle that had, you know, the cool stuff in it before, Right? I mean, I've driven around a basic car that has wheels and windows, and, 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 and I'm familiar with that. But uh, as driving something that was more advanced was actually really astonishing. And I'm not going to lie, I, I wasn't too fond to take it back. Like, <laughs> I, I knew I'm going to end up with my car again. And I, but I, I started to think about this. I started to think, you know what, I bet this is what the disciples felt like, in a way, when they started to follow Jesus. Because, you know, I think we have this misconception that the disciples, when they started to follow Jesus, that, that they knew exactly how powerful he was, that they knew everything about him, as, as if the first time that they met him, that, that they knew that he had the authority over the wind, and that he, was the, he could bring people out of the grave. That's, that's not really the case. The disciples didn't know everything that, that Jesus was when they first met him. They, they may have known and, and heard of a couple of miracles that he had done before. Uh, and they would be f familiar with the coming of the Messiah because they, they, they study these, these are Jewish men. But they didn't actually know who Jesus was fully. They, they hadn't really known him that long. They didn't know why he was here, what he could do, and, and how he could change lives. They were just told, the, the only conversation that some of them had was answering a call of follow me, and they dropped their nets and they walked, right? They didn't know everything. It's as if they had been driving around like a basic car. They know, they know what, they know men, they know guys, they know people. They had learned from people, they were fishermen. They had to, to learn some of their skills from others who were already in the profession, they knew how to fish and take care of their nets and take care of boats and equipment, but they had never learned from the Son of God. 
They had never followed somebody around who created the heavens and the earth. And when Jesus found some of them on the Sea of Galilee and he told them, come and, and follow me, and, and that's what we, the last thing that we, we saw, we started to see in our sermon series that, that some of them start to come to Jesus and, and start to follow Jesus. The first thing that Jesus did once these men start to follow him, the first four is he took them to the synagogue. They went, and, and we saw this last week, that Jesus took them into the synagogue and Jesus drove a demon out of a man. Imagine you're following Jesus around for a couple of days, and that's the first thing that you see him do. Is this man who's been around Galilee, we know he's demon-possessed, we know that he's, he's, he's mental. And can you help me at the back door? Would you mind? Thank you. We know that, that, that he, has, he has some issues, and Jesus comes in, and, he, and he's, he solves it right away, and he drives this demon out. We've been in a sermon series since Christmas time called It's All About Jesus, and we're going to continue, but just go into a mini-series. And everything that we're doing right now is chronological in the, in the life of Jesus. So we're moving through the Gospels. We might, we might move to a different Gospel because we're following the life of Christ from His birth to His, to his crucifixion to His resurrection, and everything is in order that, that we're watching. From week to week, the story continues, almost like a movie or a book series. It's pretty safe to say that the disciples that started following Jesus just a few days ago had never seen anything like this before. It would have been like that moment when I'm in this, this car that's not mine, and we all do this when you get into another car. You start pushing buttons, right? You start like clicking things up here, like, what does this do, right? It's like you push this and the neighbor's door, garage door opens, or there's something, right? Something happens. You're looking for those neat compartments. See, the disciples are figuring out something new. And something new and amazing about Jesus as they come closer to him and as they learn from him. And I think it's a great lesson for you and I that the longer we spend with Jesus, the more we learn about him and the more experience we have and the more amazement we have in the miracles that he's done, not only that are in the Bible, but the miracles that we can see in our life. Amen? It's the things that, that we can see Christ doing that we learn the more time we spend with Him. It's not just, it's not just time in, in coming to church, it's longevity, and it's the time that we spend with Him one-on-one -on -one during the week. The new disciples of Jesus, they would have had some understanding of the Messiah, but they'd never met Him in person. So we have, you know, we, 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 we would see demons inside people and it's astonishing what the disciples are thinking when they see what Jesus can do it's an astonishment in their eyes and everything that Jesus does for the first time just as it was to them is astonishing to us like I'll be honest if I took my car back to the shop and they gave me that same rental car you're like okay I get it you know I've driven it around I know it but that first time but see here's the one thing about Jesus Jesus is full of first times. There's so much that Christ does through the scripture and he does in our life that can bring just amazement and astonishment. And, and the most, I would say one of the most 
amazing characteristics about continuing to spend time with Jesus is there's never this moment in our lives when Jesus is not going to simply amaze us. That's what happens when we spend time. It's not as if he's, he's doing it for entertainment purposes at all. That's not his job. He, he's, he has little concern about our entertainment. He's doing it to show us who he is. And that he is simply amazing, and he's doing it for the glory of God. In this new sermon series, we're calling it What Jesus Says, and we're going to be here for eight weeks. Still chronologically, we're still continuing our sermon series, but we're going to look at eight specific things over the next few weeks in what Jesus says and how it relates to our world. And if you will, turn with me to Luke chapter 4. We're going to be reading verses number 38 through 41 this morning before we pick up our story. Or possibly we're going to move into the book of Mark. But, but we're going to look at this message that I've titled, The Reason for Healing. It's a really important lesson that we're going to see today. Last week we saw Jesus and his disciples at the synagogue. And it's one of those stories in the Bible. This is, it's a it's great narrative that we see because Luke tells us exactly what happens through the day, throughout the entire day. We actually get to see what happened immediately after Jesus chases the demon out of this man. And when the disciples leave the synagogue, we're going to pick up the action in Luke chapter 4 and verse number 38. I can find the, if I can find the right page, bear with me. We're in Luke 4, verse 38, and we read this. And he arose and he left the synagogue, and he entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her, and he rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she rose and began to serve them. It's a, it's a powerful story that we see when you see what happens. Now, this is immediately after they left the synagogue. So Simon, who's going to be called Peter, he's going to take everyone home. And when they get to his house, his mother-in-law has a very high fever. Luke's, Luke would refer to it in some translations as a great fever. Now, in our day and age pretty uncommon that we're going to get very worried about a fever. We have, uh, we, we have an understanding on how to take care of this. You're going to take some Tylenol or some Advil. You're going to lay down. You're going to rest. You're going to put a cold rag on your head, give it a couple of days, and you're fine, right? But no one in Jesus' day had any Advil. You know, they didn't have Excedrin that they passed around. So something like a fever could be a very, very deep sickness. It could be something that would, it could be life-threatening. It's a big deal. And so I don't want to look at this and say, okay, spoiler alert, Jesus is going to heal this fever, okay? I'm going to tell you that, and we'll get to that in a second. But I don't want you to look at this and say, he healed a fever. Like, it's a fever. We get fevers. No, it's a big deal in this day for somebody to get a fever. And when Luke describes it as a high fever, it tells us that this is, this is a big deal, and it's something certainly to pay attention to. We see here, and it says, and they appealed to him on her behalf. They're talking about the, the family, Simon, Simon Peter's family. 
And Jesus stood over her and he rebuked the fever and it left her. And she rose and began to serve them. See, it wasn't too long ago in our story, just a few days or maybe a week before that Simon had started following Jesus. And the people surrounding this lakeside village of Capernaum had had started to hear about what it was that Jesus could do. His ministry is very young at this point. Everything is new. And we start reading that people are going to continue coming to Jesus for healing. It wasn't too long ago that he was in Cana, and there was a Roman official in, who lived in Capernaum that walked 20 miles to Cana to find Jesus, say, can you heal my son? And Jesus healed his son from Cana. The, the son is 20 miles away, and Jesus heals him on the spot. So healing is starting to get around. It's something that they're starting to talk about. And that leads us to our first point this morning, point number one in your notes. For those of you just joining us in your bulletin, on your left-hand side, you're going to find some fill-in-the-blanks. And I'm going to give you those, those blanks right up here that you could fill in and you can keep up with the sermon notes. Point number one in your notes this morning, only Jesus can heal at will. That's really important. Only Jesus can heal at will. There's some people in our world who claim to have miraculous abilities to simply heal people whenever they want to. But I want you to know, write this down, only Jesus can heal at will. The Bible says that Jesus, is in verse number 39, was standing at her bedside and he rebuked the fever and it left her. We saw last week he rebuked a demon and the demon left the body of a man. So Jesus can tell not only a demon to leave, but now illness to leave. And illness leaves. I love the fact that that Luke records this for us and he gives us details of what she does. As soon as her sickness leaves, she gets up and she starts to cook. That's what she does. She's like, okay, I'm feeling better. Let me into my kitchen. I would guess that she probably cooked the best meal of her life for the Son of God who's over for a visit this evening. Kind of leads me to think, what would I cook if Jesus were there? Leads me to believe, to wonder, who in my house... I would have to ask somebody else to cook if Jesus came over, um, because I don't want to be the one to, to cook. But... Here he is, he heals this sickness. See, if a doctor had been available, if a doctor had been there and been able to heal this fever, it's pretty well assumed that they would have had a doctor come in and heal this fever, right? Simon's mother-in-law could have been under the care of a doctor, but still had a fever. And we see that even in our own eyes, medicine can only go so far. Medicine can only do so much. There's no one on the face of our earth who created our human bodies. Jesus did. Jesus is involved in creation, knows exactly what it takes to to have a human body that can get up and walk and live and breathe. You have somebody who created this. You have somebody who can cure this. A lot of days in our world, we find, you just turn on commercials somewhere and you're going to find some commercial for a drug of some sort that might have, you ever hear this list? You hear this list of side effects? Here's some of the most common side effects that are related to prescription drugs. We have constipation, skin rash, dermatitis, diarrhea, dizziness, drowsiness, dry mouth, headache, insomnia, nausea, 
suicidal thoughts, abnormal heart rhythms, internal bleeding, cancer, gambling. That's on the list too. Some of them cause excessive gambling. No joke. It's it's on the list. The list can go on and on and on. There's people in our lives that we get so caught up looking for a cure that we'll almost trust anyone when it comes to healing. When it comes to wanting to feel better, when it comes to wanting to be better, you stay up late and watch infomercials and you're going to find somebody selling some sort of snake oil that that has the cure for everything. It's it's some sort of a, a potion or a patch that you put this on and you're going to feel better than you've ever felt. You're going to turn into no man into he man. You know, that's what happens in the middle of the night. When you order things, Saturday morning radio will do kind of the same thing. And I don't want you to get the impression at all that I'm speaking against prescription medication or doctors. Because here's the thing. God put your doctor in your life. God has put people in your life who have studied, who have studied the human body that God made. And they've learned as much as they can about it. And God has put them in a place to be able to help us. God has put things in our lives to be able to help us. But we have to remember that there's only one person in all of eternity who can heal us whenever he wants. At any given moment, he can heal us. But let me tell you a secret about Jesus, as if you didn't know this already. Jesus doesn't have any negative side effects. I don't know that anyone has come to Jesus and been like, oh, whoo. I came to Jesus, but uh, I can't go out of the house for a few days. I'm not going to tell you too much about it, but I can't leave for a few days. Jesus doesn't have negative side effects. It's only positive side effects that come with Christ. And I want you to see what happens when, when the word starts getting out. When you find a healer, let's see what happens. Come back with me and we're in Luke. We're in chapter 4 and verse number 40. Watch this. It says, as soon as the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, the touch of his hand healed everyone. Many people possessed by demons, and the demons came out at his command, shouting, you are the son of God. But because they knew that he was the Messiah, he rebuked them and refused to let them speak. You see what happened? Jesus came and he healed the fever from Simon's mother-in-law and word got out. We talked about this last week that there's quite often that Jesus might have done a miracle privately and he says, I don't want you to tell anyone about this. Because my time's not here yet that I, I, I don't need the, the Jewish officials and the Roman officials to shut down this ministry way too early. I just want you to keep this on the DL for now, okay? Just like, just be healed and don't go and tell anyone right now but word gets out pretty quick when one person gets healed watch this we're at point number two in your notes every person every single person is looking for the healing of jesus christ they might not know exactly exactly that they're looking for the healing of jesus christ but they are looking for the healing from jesus christ Every single person. Remember, Jesus, he didn't come to Capernaum to heal people. That wasn't his his goal when he came into town. Jesus came on this ministry journey to show people the way to the Father. That's the goal. That's the reason, to show them grace. But the Jews of the territory 
all over this area. See, Jesus knows they're not going to believe if they're not shown signs and wonders. That's the only way they're going to, to believe in him. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 22, it reads like this. Paul writes, he says, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. What Paul is saying later on is he's saying, the Jews wanted signs. That's not why God is here, to show you signs. He's, he's here to bring you into a relationship with Him. But, but Jews want signs. Greek want, the Greeks want wisdom. And it's foolishness, Paul is saying. He says, don't get wrapped up in it. Just because the Jews demanded signs before they would believe in Jesus, and Jesus is providing signs for them, signs, wonders, and miracles, it doesn't mean that, that Jesus is providing these signs and wonders of healing to satisfy the hearts of the Jewish people. He's not doing it for entertainment. He's not doing it for them. See, the main reason that Jesus healed people was not to make a sick body well, but it was to show a sick heart the direct path to the Savior. That's why Jesus was, was healing. Of course, when you and I see one person in a town, if, if you and I were to have been there, and we see one person in the town that's been healing, I think we would probably do what they did. Man, you'd run back to your house. You'd say, wow, the healer is here. I'm going to go back to my house and I'm going to get my, my, my grandmother who's not walking really well and, and she could be healed. I'm going to go and get my, my sister who's, who's, just, who's been sick and been de depressed and, and, and maybe she could come and, and, and Jesus can touch her. And You know what? I'm going to find anyone. This kid down the street had a bloody nose last week. That's all that's wrong with him, but I'm going to bring him to reach out to Jesus. If you have somebody who can heal anything, you're going to bring everybody, right? And that's exactly what's happening. And I have no doubt that if Jesus were here in this room right now, that, that physically in the fresh flesh, that he, would, that he would heal as many people as would line up at the door. But see, he's not doing it for us. I think it's one thing when people read through the, through, read through the scriptures or we're, we're praying for healing, we forget the reason why. The only reason that Jesus heals is, watch this, to give glory to the Father. He's not doing it because we ask so that we can go into our life healed. The only reason that Jesus heals is to give glory to the Father. It was in 2011, there was an episode of a TV show called Our America with Lisa Ling that was on, and it focused on, there was an episode that, that she did that, that was looking at touring tele, uh, televangelist faith healers that would move into a town, charge an admission price, be in town for a, for a festival. And there was a gentleman that she followed around, and his name was, was Steve. And Steve was ready to go to one of these events. When Steve was 18, he was in a car accident, and it left him with a brain injury and a speech impediment. And years after that, he had fallen off a roof, and he was paralyzed then from the waist down. And doctors said that Steve would never walk again. But Steve said, he said, God told me that I'm going to walk and that I, I need to go to this particular event to, to get my legs back. 
And if you remember what I told you last week, if you say that God's telling me something, I want to say, let's find it in Scripture and let's talk, right? So he's completely convinced and he's going to this, to this meeting and he's convinced he's going to push his wheelchair out. His faith is absolute. He didn't express a single doubt in the entire episode. On the last day of this convention seminar, his turn came and he went forward and he sat in a row of people and this faith healer came up and he touched him on the forehead and he's like, bam! And, and you know, he falls back and, and, and people pick him up and pray over him. And, and, and it, it says this, this group of people would come and, and they reached out and they picked him up under his, under his arms. They lifted him up. So, but then after a couple of minutes, they set him back down in his wheelchair and he sat back down in his chair on the stage unchanged. And the host of the show, the, the documentary that's being shot at the time, she had come and, with this deep concern for him and, and, and sa- said, I know you were completely convinced that you were going to be healed here. And, and, and she's wondering what exactly happened to his faith. And, and he says, I'm not disappointed. He's not disappointed. His faith wasn't shaken. He said this, it wasn't my time to be healed, but one day I'm going to walk and run when I get to heaven. Like, this wasn't, this wasn't my time. God will give me a new body. See, what the Bible says is that everyone that came to Capernaum was bringing people to be healed, and they were bringing them to Jesus. And in our day, we can go see a guy, but that guy's not Jesus, right? Only Jesus can heal at will. At will, Jesus can heal. And, and here in Capernaum, people would bring diseases and they would bring people with demons. And, and it's not just referring to physical ailments. We have even mental health diseases that would come into Capernaum. And Jesus would conquer all of those. And what Jesus says, he says, he says bring them to me and, and I will... I will touch you and I will heal you and, and I'm going to heal those though for the glory of God. That's why, that's why he is healing this day in Capernaum. Jesus doesn't heal for you. He doesn't heal for me. He heals for God. Jesus heals people and he heals hearts for the glory of of God, and there's absolutely no exception to God's return on investment. Let me tell you something if God reaches out and He heals you, that means He wants something. He's healing you because of the fact that you now have a testimony that He wants others to know. He wants others to know exactly how you were, were healed. It, it's those who are in Capernaum, now they have a testimony that they're going to go and tell others. I came and I saw Jesus. And I touched the robe of Jesus. But see, if we're praying for healing and, 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 and if Jesus brings healing to us, but then we go back into our world and we're telling people, you know what, yeah, I just started taking all my vitamins and I just changed my diet and I started running a mile a day and look at all this stuff that I did to me. Man, I changed my life. See, that's not what, God, what, that's not what God's after, right? Anything He does in the way of our, our healing is for His glory. It's not for our glory. It's to be able to show others what God is doing. It, 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 it means that we've 
We're taking the glory away from God if we're going out and we're telling other people what we've done for us. See, there's, there are people who are not with us this morning because they're, they're sick and they're in the hospital and they're, they're at home and, and we are praying for physical healing right now. And, and we're going to pray later today for, for absolute healing because we know that the Lord can heal these ailments, but there are people here actually in our room today who are suffering from a spiritual sickness. I want you to know that spiritual illness is not beyond the realm and the bounds of the healing of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, if Jesus has His choice to heal you spiritually or heal you physically, He's going to want to heal you spiritually because your spirit will never die. Your body will die. Your body will eventually go back into the earth. Your spirit will not. It's going to go one of two places. It's going to go into a place that is far away from God, that is, that is full of fire and gnashing of teeth, or it is going to spend an eternity with Christ our Lord. If he has our, his choice, spiritual healing is his priority. That's why you're here in church this morning. It's that we're all learning. Our culture has this misconception that when, when Christians come to church, when we're getting ready in the morning, we're putting on our halo, right? And we sit in the pews with our beautiful wings and we sing angelic melodies to each other, to this bright light in the sky. That's not what we do. See, this church, our church, every church is full of very, very sick people. We're full of sick souls. This isn't a singing room for angels, but rather it is a hospital for souls. So there's not one of us here in church, including myself, that got ready by putting on a white glowing robe and and flying over here with our little harp, right? That's not what we did to get to church this morning. We're not angels. We all have, I know we all have some sort of a physical ailment. I know that, you know, maybe it's as simple as, as a cold that we've had for a while that we can't get rid of. But I'll tell you that every one of us has a very major physical disability. It's called death. And it's catching up with every single one of us. It really is. And Jesus, the great healer, he has the ability to heal our bodies if he finds that this healing in our body is going to glorify him. See, everything that he does brings glory to himself. If we're not willing to accept his healing and give him glory, we're taking his glory away, right? Our Lord wants so desperately to use this, this healing power that he has and we, we pray for our friends, we pray for our neighbors, we pray for our aunts and uncles and our family when they're sick. And I would, I would ask that you make it part of your prayer that we're not just praying for physical illness and physical sickness, but we're praying for our souls that need healing. Because that's where our Lord really desperately wants to heal. Because a healed soul means that he gets to spend eternity with, with a new brother or sister in Christ, right? And that means that we are all rejoicing that there's somebody who is coming into the family now. 
that there's a soul that won't enter that dark grave, that this part of our, our body that, that, was, that had two choices now is going to heaven, this glorious place to spend eternity with heaven. See, that's the healing that Jesus wants to do. As a matter of fact, there's no limit to the amount of soul healing that Jesus will perform in our world. There is, there is absolutely nobody that we don't want, that he doesn't want coming to him. We do know, though, however, and we see this in Scripture, that, that there is a limit on the physical healing that Jesus will perform in our world. I want you to look what happens next in our story, okay? And we're coming back to Luke chapter 4. We're in verse number 42. Luke writes this. He says, early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. Watch this. The crowds searched everywhere for, them, for him, and when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave. See, Jesus had come at a time in the evening, and when he had, he had finished healing people who were there, he kind of went away, went out of town, found a place to, to sit and just be by himself, because what he knew is that the physical selfishness of people who were looking for physical healing, it wouldn't stop. The line would just line up forever all the way down the road. But people weren't coming. People were coming for physical healing. But what he wants to do is, is perform spiritual healing. See, Jesus knows that he, he had to step away. Watch this. Point number three in your notes. Oftentimes our culture searches for healing. But it forgets about looking for Jesus. Oftentimes our culture searches for healing, but they forget to look for Jesus. I'm not going to lie to you. If, if, if I knew that Jesus was here and I had even my daughter Samantha here by my side and she was sick, and if she walked up and she just talked, touched the cloak of Jesus and, and he healed her right then, I would do the same thing that they did and want to run home and get the rest of my family and bring them to Jesus, grandparents, parents, aunts, uncles, and just bring them, even people with those small ailments, right? But the people in Capernaum, I don't want to say that they had forgotten because Jesus is starting his ministry. They're just learning now that the most important thing that Jesus wanted to heal wasn't their bodies, but their hearts. In our world, that's the most important thing that Jesus wants to heal is our hearts. Whether our body lives for 50 years or 120 years, Jesus wants that soul to live with him forever. Some of us may have been to an amazing concert in the past or maybe even, even an, an amazing church experience somewhere or amazing church concert experience or maybe it's that moment that we're spending with, with one of our loved ones that we're enjoying it so much and we just don't want it to end. And, and there's just this emotional experience involved that if this moment could last forever, this is like heaven, right? And it's like being at that concert for two hours and, and you're singing your favorite songs back to back to back and, and you're smiling from ear to ear. Nothing can ruin this, this moment because you're just in a place of, this just experience is so wonderful. And, and the only thing that could ruin this is it to end. 
And see, that's what's going on in the, in the moment in the city of Capernaum, is the town didn't want the healing power of Jesus to end. They went out to find him, and they're begging him to come back. You're our healer. Come back into our city and just be here and, and heal us. They didn't want it to end at all. And, and he said, you know what? This is not what I came for. He went out and isolated himself. Maybe he went out to pray or spend some time by himself. I can only imagine that he's, he's just shaking his head, talking to the Father and saying, I, I'm, I'm here healing many bodies, but, uh, but I've got such a desire to heal souls. And all they want is signs and wonders. They won't believe me until I do something miraculous for them. And, and even when I do, all they talk about is healing the next person who is in line. Ponce de Leon was a Spanish explorer, and in 1513, he was the, known as the first European expedition explorer that, that, that launched this expedition to Florida. He landed somewhere along Florida's coast, and then he charted the Atlantic coast down the Florida Keys and, and into the Gulf course, Coast, and he did a lot of mapping in that area. And however, in popular culture these days, we know him as the one who was supposedly searching for the fountain of youth. That's what his name is associated with, is looking for this mysterious fountain of youth. He was born in 1474. He lived 47 years and he died in 1521. Spending time looking for some sort of a worldly cure that didn't exist. There's only one man who can heal at will. See, the idea of, of healing aging is almost natural for us to, to put off death as far as we can. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with asking our Lord for healing. As a matter of fact, we pray for healing in our church. And we know that those who are sick, that we're absolutely praying for those. And we've met, we've met some people a couple of times. We actually may have met some people yesterday in an event that would come up and, and ask for prayer for for healing. Maybe it's at Bible study on Thursday nights. For those of you who have been there on Thursday nights, you know we end every Bible study taking prayer requests from around the table. And there's a lot of, many of our prayer requests have to do with healing. There's somebody who is sick. There's somebody who is, uh, you know, may, maybe, there's a, maybe there's a new little one that came into the family and, and we're hoping that, that mother recovers well. And healing is absolutely something that we are going to continue to pray for and we need to be praying for. Our Lord heals to glorify God. So that's our prayer is, Lord, we, we pray for healing that will glorify you. That is so important. It's God's will when he heals. And I don't want you to think that God only heals Christians because he doesn't have a barrier when it comes to healing. He only has a reason when it comes to healing. He doesn't heal for us. You could say, is God being selfish? Yeah, because he has a right to be. He can heal for his glory. It's why we're being healed. But as 
deeply as we desire physical healing for our bodies, because by nature we have this desire to stay in our human bodies as long as possible, it's the healing of our hearts that Jesus really wants. He, sa- he says, will you come up, just touch my, touch my tunic. He wants to heal souls. I told you this morning, and, and Chantel announced that we're starting this new sermon series called What Jesus Says. And so far in our sermon this morning, Jesus hasn't actually spoken at all. We haven't heard any words. Here's the lesson, and I want you to see the words that Jesus actually says. Come back with me to the book of Luke. We're in chapter 4, verse number 43. Here's what Jesus says to those who have come to find him. He replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because that is why I was sent. So he continued to travel around, preaching in synagogues throughout Judea. Those are the words that Jesus says this morning. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because, watch this, that is why I was sent. Wow. As powerful as healings are, we just learned why Jesus came. Why Jesus is here to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. That's why he is here. See, the concert, that super amazing event that we've gone to, that super amazing time that Capernaum was experiencing, it has now come to an end. The experience is done. Now it's time to continue the mission. The signs and wonders have been shown. The healing has been done. You know who I am. I have to go and preach. I want you to take your testimony and tell other people. It leads us to our final point this morning in your notes. Life is not about the experience or the healing, but rather it's all about Jesus. Life is not about the experience or the healing, but rather it is all about Jesus. Healing is just, it's one of the many things that Jesus does, but the good news, the gospel, is what Jesus is. He is the message telling us how we get to the Father. We come through Jesus. That's it. These are the only words that he said in this entire sermon this morning. It's the words we focus on. Everything that he did in the the healing portion, that's not why he came. It's a great lesson on what Jesus can do. But what Jesus is so, so, so powerful and and, and what he he has isolated himself, the reason why he has isolated himself is to say, okay, I have a job to do, I have a mission to do, and I need to go and preach to other people now. If Jesus would set up shop in the Walmart parking lot saying, I'm going to heal everyone who comes, the entire world would be in the line wrapping around the entire globe. If we have a lot of physical bodies that are absolutely healed, but souls that are broken, we're missing the point, right? He's coming to heal souls. He absolutely has the ability to heal bodies. For those that have been healed and those who who have a testimony of the healing of Jesus Christ, the story isn't that you were healed. The story isn't even that Jesus healed you. The story is that your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, came from heaven and was born of a virgin 
and was a sacrifice for your sin and my sin so that we could spend eternity in heaven with him. That's the gospel message. That's the reason for healing. That's the testimony. And that's what God is expecting of us when he heals us is to go out and tell others. The story is that even though you and I are born sinners, that we continually sin day after day. But there's forgiveness for our sins. And as we spend more time with Jesus, as we, as we grow in Him, as we come closer to Him, we separate ourselves further from the world as we grow closer to Jesus. You've heard me say this week after week after week. You cannot grow closer to Christ and closer to this world at the same time. We cannot grow deeper into our sin and closer to Christ at the same time. If you're growing closer to Christ, by default, you're going to be getting further away from this world. And that's exactly what Christ is here to do. That's exactly what He wants. That's exactly what our soul is yearning for. And that's exactly why Jesus was sent. That's why He walked this earth. To give us direction and a path to living with God. We pray for healing, and there's not one person in this congregation whose illness I don't hear about throughout the week. If you tell somebody it makes, it makes its way, and I'm praying for you, and I want you to call me, and I want you to call others in the church, because it's so important that we're praying for each other every day. And my hope is that you're doing the same thing at home as you're praying for those in our church who are suffering. But I ask you to add something to your prayer. I desperately ask you to be praying for those souls that need desperate healing. Because that's what Jesus is first and foremost looking to heal, is our broken hearts and our broken souls. We're not a church where angels come to sing. We're a hospital for souls. And everyone walks in hurt. And we're all looking for healing. And we know that Jesus can heal. And Jesus will heal at will, at His will. But Jesus first wants to heal our soul. He does want to bring us physical healing. But our physical body is not going to be here forever. But our soul is going to live forever somewhere. And He absolutely wants it to live with Him. And I pray that your soul lives with Him. It's because He cares more about a broken heart and a broken spirit, a tattered heart, a broken soul that has not yet opened the door and accepted Him fully in as Lord and Savior. It's those in our congregation, it's those in our church, those in our lives, those in our world that we should be desperately praying for spiritual healing. In a moment, I'm going to ask Jerry if he will come up and lead us in a prayer, lead us in a prayer of healing for those in our church. Because we do have some who are in the hospital now, and I know we have some here today who are under the weather, those who, who desperately need a physical healing from our Lord. And we're going to pray for that like we're asked to. Knowing that the Lord can and will heal at will, at His will. 
But I also want to lift up and not forget and put first and foremost, we're praying for souls that need healing. If Jesus has a priority, your soul or your body, He wants to heal your soul first because it absolutely will live forever. We absolutely want to live forever with Jesus. Amen? Let's pray.